Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is a little bit of a deviation from my normal content, but it seemed like everybody, at least over on Instagram, wanted to hear about my recent travels. So I'm going to answer all the questions about the trip and try to make it as entertaining as I'm capable of. Really, I wish I could get my friend on that I went with because I think hearing stories from both of us would be hilarious, but she's very private. So you guys are just stuck with me. But yeah, in case you didn't get it from my barrage of content, I went to Italy with my best friend. We went to Puglia. We went to Rome and we went to Florence. We were there for two weeks. It was seriously just the best girls trip ever. I'm currently very depressed to be back and thinking about where I can go next. I don't really have anything planned until France in August. And I'm like, okay, gotta like fill in the time here because I just definitely have that travel itch right now, like in a big way. So I may do some solo travel or who knows if anyone wants to go away, let me know. I'm down. So we had this trip planned for last fall actually, but we had to reschedule due to some of my health stuff. And I'm actually so glad that it worked out how it did. I think Italy in the fall would have been amazing. And I kind of want to go this coming fall but it felt like the perfect time to be there in like the middle to end of May. Like it wasn't insanely crowded, although Florence was very crowded, but we still got summer weather the whole time. Like everyone said it was actually never that hot in May. So it felt like we were there peak summer, but without necessarily the masses of people. I do think Rome was very touristy too in certain areas. So I don't know. It feels like people are pretty much over COVID as far as travel goes, at least the people who were there. But yeah, people did actually ask about that. So we did have to wear masks on the flights, like the international flights. And then in Puglia, I don't remember really seeing anybody in masks. Rome was actually pretty strict about them, at least in 
like museums and places like the Vatican. And then the airlines within Italy and trains required N95 masks. So not just any mask, N95. Like I almost didn't get on our flight from Puglia to Rome because I had a regular mask and they turned me away at the last minute as I was boarding like 10 minutes before the flight. And I had been up all night the night before with food poisoning or a stomach bug, like the entire night vomiting. I couldn't even keep water down. It took every ounce of willpower for me to get to the airport. And then they turned me away as we were boarding and I walked away like on the verge of tears and some angel hero man who was in a great suit, by the way, came up and gave me a mask and I like almost cried again, but happy tears. So Worth noting, you will need masks at some places. Make sure it's an N95. They have them everywhere. So if you're going, don't worry about packing that. But yeah, and then in Italy, or sorry, in Florence, they weren't required anywhere, but some people wore them at museums, although I only saw a handful of people do that. But I know somebody did ask me, like, are people going to look at me crazy? You do you. I mean, if you feel more comfortable in a mask, by all means, there are people that are doing that. And yeah, just do whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. So Puglia was our first stop. I'm so glad that we did it that way because it really gave us time to like chill a little bit and acclimate before we went to some of the bigger cities. But I will say I did not get jet lagged at all this trip. And believe me, I went stacked with Benadryl after last year's Greece ordeal. Like I was ready, but I didn't take it one time, not even on the flight. I think I slept like five hours on the plane. And then by the time we got to our hotel, which was Masseria Torre Maitza, by the way, I'm going to put all of this in a blog post, I think, so that you guys don't have to be like rewinding and trying to figure out what I'm saying because my accent in Italian is terrible. So I'll try to do like a complimentary blog post to go along with this episode if you're trying to plan a trip or get recommendations. But anyway, yeah, by the time we got there, it was like seven, I think at night and I ordered food and I went to bed probably around 10 and slept through the night. And then I was like good to go the next day. So I think the difference between last year when (laughs) I was like the most jet lagged person ever if you guys missed that story, I was like about to go to the hospital in the middle of the night. I was delirious. So I think the difference was like the power of dissociation. I've learned that I am pretty skilled at this in the last few months. So like, whereas last year and just in general traveling in the past, I do the whole, okay, it's 10 PM here, which means it's, let's see, one in LA. So if I go to bed now and I wake up in eight hours, it'll be 9 p.m. in LA and on and on. And I would get so anxious about it. And this trip, when we got to the hotel, my friend Nicole was like, okay, so it's seven here, 10 a.m. in in LA. And I was like, shh, 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 shh. Do not even say it. Like, don't even think it. I'm putting my earmuffs on. I don't want to hear it. That does not exist. And I feel like that really helped when it came to the jet lag. Same thing with when I got back to LA, which was like two days ago. So I think I am a little jet lagged in that I'm not thinking (laughs) as sharply as maybe I normally do. So this episode will be interesting, but for the most part, I'm fine. And I was just like, when I got home, I was like, I'm going to bed at nine, getting up at five. And that's what time it is, period. So 
anyway, I digress. So we got to Puglia. We had four days, five nights in Puglia. We went to different towns or cities. And also we just hung out at the hotel one day, which was so gorgeous. So we went to Ostuni, I think it's pronounced. I'm doing amazing. The White City, I think, which was very pretty. It reminded me of Greece a little bit. It was pretty quiet when we were there. We were only there for a few hours, so I don't really have recommendations. But if you go to Puglia, it is beautiful. I've heard that they have amazing restaurants. The beach is really pretty, but I think because we were there kind of like pre-season, it was pretty slow. And then we also went to Loco Rotondo and had lunch there. I can't remember the name of the restaurant we went to, but there was a young waiter there who proposed to me and he said he'd buy us a house to live in and he thought it was 25. So for that, I give it five stars. And the town is tiny, but it's so charming and beautiful. Like it's a very cute place to go for the day, get pictures, walk around. Also very quiet when we were there. I don't know if it's normally like that, but yeah, it could have just been the time of year. And then we also went to Monopoly, which we both loved. We kind of wish we had stayed in Monopoly for a couple days. Like the Masserias are beautiful and probably way more luxurious than anything in the beach cities. You guys know that I am skincare obsessed. I talk a lot on here with my guests about things that we can do to take care of our skin, a lot of things that we can do topically, but good skin really starts within. I was recently chatting with Tina Anderson. She's the founder and CEO of Just Thrive Probiotic. The episode I believe was on April 28th, so you can go back and check that out if you want. And she pointed out that Because your skin is your largest organ, it's the perfect gauge of what's happening inside your body, specifically in your gut. So when your gut health is off, your body has to work a whole lot harder to get rid of toxins and blemishes, redness, dryness, tired, aging, skin. All of these can be signs that your gut is struggling to detox. Recently, I was sick with you know what, and my gut and my skin went absolutely berserk. So there definitely is a connection. So staying on top of your gut health is definitely crucial. When your gut is healthy, you will definitely see it in your skin. Your skin will just naturally glow in a way that no cream or cosmetic can replicate. And since your gut is home to 70 to 80% of your immune system, a healthy gut is truly the key to being strong, staying resilient, feeling your best and looking your best. So my favorite way to tackle both of these things, my gut health and my skin health is with Just Thrive Probiotic. For beautiful, radiant skin and powerful digestive and immune health, it's a total game changer. I've been taking it for over a year. I really trust Just Thrive because their probiotic has more clinical research than anything else out there. It's also vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, free from anything artificial. It can also survive at really high temperatures or cold temperatures. So you can break it up and put it in a smoothie or yogurt. I put it in my oatmeal all the time. You can bake with it. So if you want to give it to your kids, but maybe they are picky, don't want to take pills, you can get it to them in that way. So there are so many different ways to take it and it will just really help to boost your skincare game, improve digestion and support optimal immunity. So you can get 15% off their award-winning probiotic today. Just go to 
justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code BLONDE at checkout. That's B-L-O-N-D-E. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com and use the code BLONDE for 15% off at checkout. I know a lot of you are always on the hunt for some good, clean, vegan, and cruelty-free makeup. I totally get it. I feel like a lot of the brands that fall into that category make products that are just underwhelming, but I am obsessed with this brand, Thrive Cosmetics. So Thrive Cosmetics makes high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. There are no parabens, sulfates, phthalates. They are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And Cause is in the name for a reason. Every purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. So I love their brilliant eye brightener cream. It's a cream to powder highlighter stick that brightens and opens your eyes, giving you like this instant eye lift. And it just helps to make you look like you've had plenty of restful sleep, even if you haven't. But the real MVP, in my opinion, is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. I am super particular about mascara. I feel like a lot of them are just way too intense for my eyes. They get clumpy, they're impossible to get off or they smudge. So this one is amazing because it literally mimics the look of lash extensions, but like subtle, not fake. And it lasts all day without smudging or flaking. But when you want to take it off, the tubing formula just slides right off with warm water and a washcloth. You don't even need to use soap or harsh products. The formula also nourishes your lashes. So unlike other mascaras or extensions, you're actually helping your lashes grow and stay healthy versus damaging them. And as if that weren't enough, Thrive Cosmetics has the bigger than beauty promise where with every purchase, they donate to causes that help women thrive. So if you're interested, you can go to their site and see their giving partners, but they include things such as women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. So now it's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash blonde. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E for 15% off your first order. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. double check on that but you're very isolated whereas in the cities they're very walkable because they're very small and they're kind of younger and there's like fun stuff to do and beaches on the rocks and cool restaurants and bars and all of that like they're definitely more popping whereas the monsterias are not so I would say definitely go to Monopoly and then also same with Polignano yeah Amare Anyway, very charming. The views are insane. They have a really popular, really touristy, but gorgeous beach in a cove, which I posted on my Instagram. But the thing about Polignano, 
I can't. And normally I can say this. This is my jet lag kicking in. Okay. It was very packed and touristy, more so than the other places that we went to in Puglia. Also, we went there on like day four and I was starting to come down with a stomach bug. So let me tell you about that. So the day before we went to Monopoly and Polignano, I know people are going to come for me about my pronunciation, but we went to a dairy farm on a masseria and we made burrata and mozzarella and there were also farm animals everywhere. And we were looking at the animals and I see this three-day-old baby cow and we just have a connection, okay? Like this cow instantly thought I was his mom, I think. So he came up to me and he was trying to lick me and I was petting him and he was nuzzling me. And after five or 10 minutes, I had to go eat lunch. And when I walked away, he was like mooing and making the saddest crying noise. I almost started crying. We named him Giacomo. So I went from petting Giacomo to sit down at lunch. And I was like eating copious amounts of this burrata and mozzarella that we made on bread with my hands. I had forgotten to wash my hands like an idiot. So who knows? Then we went to dinner that night. We ate so much. And I get back to the hotel and I start feeling a little like clammy and like my mouth was a little watery. You guys probably know that feeling, but nothing really happened. And the next day at breakfast, I was like, I'm really not hungry, but we ate so much the night before. I just figured I was still. So then we go out for our day and we were walking around. I started getting very lightheaded and nauseous. It was also like 95 degrees out and we were walking around all day in the beating sun. So I was like, well, maybe I'm just jet lagged and nauseous and dehydrated and hot. So we had a lunch reservation at this famous restaurant in a cave overlooking the ocean. This is in Polignano. I can't remember the name. It's at a hotel. If you guys just look up cave restaurant, you'll find it. So by that point, I was like really not doing well. I told my friend I didn't think I could eat anything except maybe like a piece of bread. And something about me is that I am always hungry. I'm always down to eat no matter what, even when I'm sick. Actually, when I'm sick, I sometimes eat a lot because I keep thinking whatever I eat will make me feel better. I don't know if that's normal, but that's what I used to do when I was hungover too. I'd be like, hmm, I feel absolutely terrible. So I'm going to order pizza. And then like the pizza wouldn't make me feel better. It'd make me feel worse. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make like mac and cheese. And I would just like keep eating. And I do that when I'm sick too. So anyway, I was not interested in food at all. So that's usually pretty telling for me. So I was like, uh oh. So we got to that cave restaurant and we look at the menu and it was I think a few hundred dollar tasting menu for each person with like foie gras, foam, and just, you know, very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Very like precious food. Okay. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, not happening. And my friend wasn't into it either. So anyway, long story short, I powered through a couple more hours. We left that restaurant because we were just like on another day, we would have been down for it. But that day we were not. And my friend got pizza. I tried to eat like a little piece of bread and I could not. So I was like, yeah, I'm going down. So we get back to the hotel. I was so nauseous and so achy and I had a fever and I was like, amazing. I just figured I had COVID because I think everything is COVID. So I was just like, fuck, four days in and I'm down for the count. 
And okay, this story is getting very long. I'll wrap it up. But that night I started throwing up and I could not keep anything down, like could not keep water down, even though I was taking Zofran, like Tic Tacs, which I know you're not supposed to do. But I always joke that Zofran is my drug of choice. I always travel with it because you just never know. Zofran is for nausea, by the way. So I was up all night. I could not even keep water down, like I said, couldn't eat anything. And I had to fly to Rome the next day. So I was like still up at 5 a.m. Googling IV therapy in Rome because I was so dehydrated. And not surprisingly, not really a thing in Rome, I guess. So I texted Antoinette, my travel person, and I was like, help me. I'm dying. And she arranged with the hotel in Rome to have a doctor there waiting for me when I arrived. Let me just tell you, longest one-hour flight of my freaking life. I am always happy to share about my experience with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, because when I was diagnosed many, many years ago, there was really no information out there about it. Didn't really seem like people were talking about it. And there was definitely not any kind of platform for people who have PCOS where they could go to to get the care that they need. So Thankfully, now there is one. It's called Alara. They are the first virtual care platform for people with PCOS. So if you're having any unexplained frustrating symptoms like weight gain, anxiety, hair thinning, it actually might be your hormones. That's why it's super important to get your hormones tested, but it can be hard to get the testing that you need. So Alara makes it easy with the most comprehensive hormonal and metabolic blood test on the market today. Not only will they test over 30 biomarkers, but you will have a 30-minute doctor visit to review your results and find out the root cause of your symptoms. But Alara doesn't stop there. They also provide you with the expert care you deserve to actually treat and improve your symptoms. Alara's expert doctors and registered dietitians will personalize all of your care needs and deliver all of your care in the comfort of your home, giving you access to the nation's best specialists wherever you live. As somebody who suffers from PCOS, I wish I had known about Alara sooner. They really offer an integrated approach to diagnosing, managing, and treating PCOS by combining nutrition, lifestyle, and medical expertise all in one place. And I think that's such a relief because there are so many things that you have control over that can help how you feel. Alara was founded by someone with PCOS, so they get exactly what you're going through and the care and support you need. And they also have a special discount for you. So you can use the code Ariel at checkout for 25% off your first month or diagnostic test. Just visit alarahealth.com slash Ariel for more information. That's www.allara health.com slash A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Again, alarahealth.com slash Ariel. As you guys probably know, I don't drink alcohol, so I'm always looking for different mocktails and alcohol alternatives, beverages that I can drink socially or to unwind or to de-stress. So I wanted to tell you guys about this drink called Feel Free from Botanic Tonics. So it's a plant-based tonic drink that basically delivers 
all the feels. So it has a euphoric blend of plant-based ingredients. That is a healthy productivity enhancer. It's like I said, an alcohol alternative. And it basically has kava and other ancient plants from the South Pacific. They have been used there socially and in wellness for centuries. And I really enjoy this drink. I feel like it just kind of gives me this feeling of calm. It's nice to do something besides sparkling water if I'm like having friends over or doing something social. So I definitely recommend checking it out if you are trying to find alternatives to drinking alcohol. And right now, exclusively for my listeners, Feel Free Botanic Tonics is offering a 40% off discount on your first purchase. All you have to do is use the promo code BLONDE at checkout. So again, that's 40% off if you go to botanictonics.com and use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, at checkout. I was so dehydrated and nauseous. I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to die. Thank God for this doctor. He was a lifesaver because he gave me a shot of Reglan, I think it's called, in my butt, which is for nausea. He gave me some antibiotics for my stomach, some electrolytes, and that injection was the best because I could finally drink water, but I wasn't like instantly better. So that evening we had a Vespa tour in Rome with these two tour guides for three hours. And my friend and I had been looking forward to it more than like anything else on the trip. So I was like not doing well. I hadn't eaten in basically two days. It was just starting to be able to drink water and had just like gotten this shot. But I was like, okay, got to take one for the team, show up, have this experience despite feeling like shit. Oh, And I didn't mention that the shot can make you kind of woozy and tired. So yeah, I hadn't slept, been vomiting all night, had this shot that made me tired. And I was getting on the back of a Vespa for three hours and I was still like clammy and just not doing well. So it was so fun. I'm so glad that I ended up doing it, but it was also hilarious because I was a little bit like a rag doll from just being tired. And I think from this injection. So every guy, every time my guy who was driving the Vespa turned or like hit the brakes or made any movement. My helmet crashed into his, the back of his helmet because my head felt so heavy. So it was like, donk, sorry, donk, sorry, every two seconds. And I was holding on to him for dear life. He probably couldn't even breathe, but it was for sure the best way to see Rome. Like we saw all the things that you would want to see in three hours and The guys were so cool. They took us to some amazing spots. If you are going to Rome or if you want to do this, definitely DM me. I'll give you the name of the guy, Matteo, who is one of the guys info. He does tours and he was the best. So that was probably one of the highlights of the trip. A lot of people asked me like, what was the best thing that I did? And I would say that and I would have done it all day long. Okay. What else? Oh, in Rome, we also almost got locked up abroad. So my girlfriend surprised me with professional photographers to get cool pictures of us around Rome to remember the trip by. And we were taking pictures at St. Peter's Basilica, which you're allowed to do. Obviously there are tourists everywhere taking pictures, but we were like in this random specific part, I guess, where you're not allowed to. And the Vatican police came up to us. We didn't think anything would happen, but they 
were definitely like on a power trip. They demanded identification. So my friend was smart and gave her driver's license, but I only had my passport with me for some reason, which I know it's like usually in a safe, don't carry it around with you, but I had it with me. So they took our IDs and they disappeared for like 20 minutes. We were like, what is happening? And when they came back, they did this whole intimidation thing. Like the guy that had my passport, he had it open to a visa from when I was in Vietnam and he handed it to me and I tried to take it and he was just like gripping it and wouldn't let go. And he was staring at me and we were all like, what the fuck is happening right now? And my friend was like, oh, please, they're like rent-a-cops. Nothing would happen. But when I told Chuck, he said, no, they're actually pretty legit. Like the Vatican is its own state and they have their own police and they're not like Paul Blart mall cop. So that was kind of crazy. Anyway, okay. Some things that we did in Rome. Okay. Besides the Vespa, the photo shoot was amazing because we went all over the city. We did it in the morning for a couple hours and we just went to these really charming neighborhoods that aren't normally like on the tourist circuit. And then we also went to touristy places too, but it was really fun. We also obviously went to the Vatican Museum, which was incredible. We were only there for two nights and one of the nights I was kind of down for the count after the Vespa debacle. So we had dinner the second night at this great restaurant called Santa Cristina something, I think. And again, I'll put this in the blog post that you don't have to be trying to decipher what I'm saying. But I will say it was my first time in Rome. I absolutely loved it. Like I would get an apartment there. Although that's how I feel every time I go to a new city. That's why when I did that reel on Instagram, I was like, this audio is inside my brain. Like when I go to a new city, I'm like, new city, new me. I'm moving here. Goodbye, America. Goodbye, everyone. I'm out. But I really did love Rome. I thought it was so beautiful. The fact that you're just like driving down the street and then there's the Colosseum. Like it's just so crazy. I've always been obsessed with ancient Roman history and and culture and I wish we had more time there, so I'll definitely be going back soon. And then lastly, before I get to specific questions, we went to Florence and we were in Florence for like five or six days. So I had very high expectations of Florence because I feel like everybody that I spoke to said just how incredible it was, how it's their favorite city in the world. But I did not necessarily feel that way. So there were things that I loved about it. I love the walkability, like you can walk the whole city, which is very nice, especially compared to Rome, which is bigger and more spread out. So the walkability is great. I love the surrounding area of Tuscany. It's gorgeous. Florence itself is gorgeous. The shopping was amazing. I definitely took advantage of that. And then of course the food and the art and the history is amazing. I did feel like it was so crowded and all tourists, like so many places that we went, it was all Americans, which is fine, but it was just very crowded. And after two days, I felt like I had kind of seen everything. I also felt like I was kind of at medieval times and I found Rome to just be way more appealing in terms of like the layout, the architecture, the history, the art, the culture, all of that. But Florence is very unique. It's a fun place to go for a few days, I think, just to like hit the museums, shop, eat, and walk. So we stayed at the Savoy, which is right in the middle of everything, like two blocks over from the Duomo. And I loved the hotel. 
I did kind of feel like we were on the Santa Monica promenade. If anyone has been to Santa Monica, just with the shopping streets around it, not the high end shopping, which was amazing, but some of the streets with like the musicians and leather marts and, you know, what were some of the stores that they like Clark's and I don't know, just random stores that you would see like in a mall. But the hotel was great. They had great food. I loved my suite. It was very pretty. It was a great location if you want to be centrally located. The staff were amazing. It's basically across the street from Luisa Villaroma, which is my favorite online store. And this is their only store in the world, like brick and mortar. And it was heaven. Like I could have just gone there to hang out every day. They have a cafe and a rooftop. They played the best music. They had the best selection, like curated of clothes. I was in heaven. Like I was high when I was there <laughs> because I loved it so much. Oh, also, if you're going to Florence, you've got to go to Aqua Floor. So they do bespoke scents, like bespoke perfumes. And you can do this whole experience where you design your own custom scent. It's kind of overwhelming because you start from scratch and you're in there for hours. And I was also a little bit high after smelling all of those scents even just after like an hour, but it was incredible. They make it really special. The space where it is, is beyond gorgeous. They feed you. They basically spoil you while you're making this one of a kind scent and you leave with something that's completely unique. So I definitely recommend that. And then let's see, of course, the Uffizi Gallery, the Academia Gallery are musts. We also went to the San Marco Museum can't remember the names of the other places, but we just walked around to all the other historic places, which like I said, it's so walkable. You can just walk around the city and everywhere you look, there's something. So I'm probably not doing a great job of this, to be honest. I was actually just showing Chuck pictures from our trip and I was like, here we are on the plane and here we are in Vespa's and here we are making cheese. Oh, and here we are at the pool and here we are at dinner and here's my pasta. He could not care less about food pictures. I sent him probably 500. Here we are shopping. Oh, and here's some art. And he was like, oh yeah, just like an afterthought. Like you guys are hilarious. The most incredible art in the world. And, <laughs> and it's just like an aside. It definitely wasn't. We took full advantage and tried to see as much as we could, but we also balanced it out with shopping and eating and gallivanting around the cities. So as far as gallivanting, I guess people asked about like the scene in Florence. We really weren't in Rome long enough. Like I said, it was very touristy. We did go out a couple nights, but there wasn't anywhere that I was like, this is so freaking fun, except for locale or locale. I don't know how to pronounce it. So if you're looking for a place with like a great vibe, great music and drinks, I mean, we were doing mocktails, of course, but they were delicious and some like hot Italian fuckboys definitely go there. Also, there's another place called Flow. I think that's kind of like a younger crowd and none of these places get going till midnight. So if you can stay up, go check those out. And then there was another one. What was the name? I think Villa Vittoria also gets going at midnight. And then as for food, my favorite meal was our last night at Osteria Antica, I think it was called. It was hands down the best seafood pasta I've ever had. It was so good. Okay. And that's pretty much all I remember from the trip. So I'm going to answer specific questions that you guys sent in on Instagram. Okay. One of the main questions I got, which isn't really specific to this trip, but 
traveling in general is how do I balance routine with spontaneity? So I really try to just live in the moment on vacation and not worry about routines or like working out or anything like that. And I just try to do what feels good. So that said, I do usually enjoy working out on vacation because I love a hotel gym. That's fun fact. (laughs) Not really. And it definitely helps with things like sleep and jet lag. But I definitely don't work out because I'm feeling guilty about like what I'm eating or feeling guilty about not working out, if that makes sense. Like the motivation is all about how I'm feeling more than anything. And this trip, we walked so much, like 20K steps a day usually. So I didn't really feel the urge to work out much, although I did some quick P-Volve and Pilates workouts, like 15 minutes when I had tons of energy and when I just felt like getting a quick stretch and burn in. And then as far as other routines like meditation or morning and night routines, my morning routine of having a matcha or cappuccino, which I did this trip, and doing some kind of meditation, even if it's five minutes and maybe doing like a couple readings is so ingrained in like who I am that I never really skip it because I've been doing it every single morning pretty much since I got sober over eight years ago. So it's like really, really habitual. And... Yeah, it's not like always a formal thing though. Like I just always have time in the morning. I make sure to get up with time where I can drink whatever I'm drinking, lounge in bed, mess around on my phone, (laughs) get quiet even if it's just for a minute or two, do a couple readings, like just do something. And then at night, I didn't really have any nighttime routines, especially on nights where we had dinner at like 9 or 9.30, which you guys probably know is usually my bedtime, or if we went out, I would just get back to the hotel and wash my face and like hop in the shower for a second and crash. But other nights I would do my skincare, go really slow, take a shower, read for a while. So ultimately it's just doing what feels good and enjoying yourself on vacation, I think. I mean, I feel like we kill ourselves like working and trying to do routines and I don't know. I feel like vacation is a time to just kind of let go of everything. I don't really think it's a time to be rigid unless that is what makes you feel your best. Like if you really thrive off a routine and that makes you feel good and it's not like a punishing thing, I say go for it. I'm trying to think like if I really, I think the only long meditation I did was with Nicole when we were on our way to the outlets in Florence. We meditated in the car for 20 minutes like we were going to battle. I think our driver was probably like, what the fuck are these girls doing? We had to get in the right mindset, you know? Okay. I got a similar question about eating on vacation. Again, it's not a time in my opinion to be worrying about what or how much you're eating. We ate so much, but we were walking constantly. And honestly, my favorite part of any trip is the food. So got to take full advantage of that. A lot of people asked about also the gluten and the dairy in Italy, like how to avoid it or if it's different from the U.S. So I don't really avoid it to begin with anyway, which I've talked about on other episodes. I stopped restricting it a while ago, although I don't eat much cheese or dairy. But when I stopped restricting those things, that's when like my bloating and gut issues and all of that just seemed to clear up. So on this trip, however, I went a little cray cray with the cheese. And after I got sick, the doctor said no dairy, which I thought was so interesting. 
I've never had a doctor tell me not to eat dairy. So he was like, I think he was an internal medicine doctor. He's a professor at a university in Rome and he had a private practice. And then he also does some concierge medicine. And when he came to like do my checkup and all of that, he gave me that shot. He gave me antibiotics. He also gave me probiotics to take with the antibiotics. And he gave me electrolytes. And then he told me no dairy for the rest of the trip. And yeah, he was a funny guy. Anyway, I feel like you just don't really get that kind of advice here. Anyway, so the remainder of the trip, I tried to avoid that, which is actually really easy. Like even if I was eating pasta, I would get pasta that didn't have cheese, like a seafood pasta or something with a tomato sauce. And they really don't seem to use much butter. Like everything is very fresh and cooked in olive oil, minimal seasoning, and the seafood is amazing. We ate tons of seafood and veggies. So if you're dairy-free, I think you'll be fine in Italy. And also every gelato place had vegan options. So you can definitely indulge in that too. Okay. Life hacks for jet lag. This is just funny. I'm surprised you guys are asking me about jet lag based on my Greece debacle. But as I said earlier, I seem to have figured it out or at least on this trip I did. So I honestly think if you're tired enough the first night, you're going to get a solid night of sleep. And then you just have to pretend that there's no other time zone other than the one that you're in and you'll be fine. That was my strategy. It worked. Another thing that helped was having a really packed first full day there or like I don't know. I kind of feel like even if you're getting to wherever you're getting and it's the morning there, you have to push through and try to have a packed day. Like I've done that on past trips to Europe prior to Greece where, you know, we get there at like 11 in the morning or something and all you want to do is crash and we would do like museums and just the most tiring shit and then that night you're fine or you go to sleep and the next day you're fine. So the first full day that we had in Puglia, we had walking tours as opposed to the second day where we just had nothing and we just chilled at our pool. So this was pretty strategic because even though the first day we were like a little bit groggy, a little bit off, like just with that travel hangover after flying for so long, we had to push through the entire day. So once again, that night we were just so tired. We had walked so much, so we slept really well. I think if we had done nothing that first day, it would have been a little bit harder to acclimate to the time. I know this is the most basic travel jet lag advice, but maybe somebody needs to hear it. So this is also where I think working out on vacation can come in handy. Like it'll definitely help, especially if you're having trouble. If you can wake up and work out and just trick your body into thinking that whatever time you're on is normal. Same thing with eating. Like I wasn't necessarily hungry during breakfast, but I would have my matcha or coffee, eat normal breakfast, eat normal lunch. Although sometimes we had late, like towards the end of the trip, we did late breakfast and no lunch, but I just did everything I could to make it as normal of a schedule as possible. Okay. My holiday self-tanner routine. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask about this because after two weeks, my tan was hanging on for dear life but I feel like I have a pretty good system down. So I spray tan before, like the day before a trip. I'm very diligent about moisturizing, especially after flying. I try to use oil-free moisturizers because anything with oil will strip away the fake tan, even just like CeraVe or Cetaphil, I feel like usually works. 
Ben, I always bring Lux Unfiltered body cream and self-tanner with me. So when the spray tan starts coming off, I switch from doing like a regular moisturizer to doing equal parts body cream and self-tanner, or I'll do like moisturizer with just a little bit of the self-tanner in it. And I use that as my moisturizer at night after I shower and it just helps to keep things even. And when you're mixing like half cream and half tanner, it's not super dark. So you can use it every day just to keep a light tan going and kind of keep whatever parts of the spray tan are coming off filled in and you don't really get streaky or orange or patchy but the spray tan does start to come off and then everything starts to come off and the wheels fall off and the struggle is real. So if you just want to spray and have that last like a week, if you're going to be gone for more than that, then I would say, and if I were to do it again, (laughs) maybe take the whole thing off after a week and start over. So I, to get my spray tanner off, I use, I think it's Bondi Sands. It's like a tan eraser. And then this exfoliation mitt that I get on Amazon. Actually, you can get both of them on Amazon. And if you're moisturizing regularly and the tan is like kind of at the end of its life (laughs) and you use the tan eraser and the mitt, it just like rolls right off and then you can start fresh. So that's my strategy. Was it hard to communicate if you don't speak the language? No, I feel like everybody spoke English. I was pretty proud of myself that I could understand a lot of Italian because it's pretty similar in a lot of ways to Spanish. So I could understand things reading and understand what people were saying when they were speaking in Italian. But we did pick up some like words and phrases enough to get by, but mostly everyone spoke English everywhere we went. Okay. I am going to try to do a couple quick ones here. How did I pack and what were the top items on my packing list that I ended up using the most. Well, I am an overpacker, or at least I thought I was. I posted what I packed on Instagram and people were like, that's nothing. But I feel like looks are deceiving. I have this huge suitcase that is like a bottomless cavern. Like it fits so much. Also, I'm a roller. Rolling changed my life. But yeah, I always overpack because I want options. And I know that the thing that I don't bring is going to be the only thing I end up wanting to wear. So I packed mostly casual dresses because I knew it would be hot. I also packed a few pairs of jeans, which I did not wear, I don't think. One day I wore jeans and I was miserable, so would not recommend. I packed a few trousers, like lighter trousers, which I maybe wore once or twice. A few shorts. I brought maybe like 10 tops, of which I wore two maybe five to seven purses, which I actually did kind of end up using the purses. And then like 10 pairs of shoes. And I wore those clear Manolo flat sandals every single day. I've had them for a couple years and there's no support. I don't know why I love them so much. I just like how they look because they go with everything. There's no support. There's no traction. They're the shoes that I wore when I like fell in grease and hurt my toe. So you'd think that I would have learned my lesson, but no, I wore them every day. Even when we were walking like 20,000 steps, there was one day where I wore air forces, but I found the sandals to be more comfortable and now they're like ruined and I don't think they make them anymore. And then I brought a pair of chunky heels for nighttime. And this probably goes without saying, but do not try to wear stilettos in Italy. 
I really don't think it will end well between the cobblestone and like the cracked sidewalks. And like in Rome, there were lots of hills. It's kind of treacherous. So a chunky heel is definitely the way to go. So when I pack for anything, I usually start with a list of outfit ideas and then obviously like toiletries, outfits, whatever else I need to bring. So I start with like what I know I'll need and what I think I want. And then once I start packing, I kind of edit that. So I'll take a few things out. I'll add a few things. And then I always take a few more things out before I leave because I do always overpack. And then I'm still overpacked, but at least I'm not over overpacked. (laughs) But I can confidently say I don't think I've ever gone anywhere where I've been like, yes, I did this perfectly. I'm always like, okay, well, I wore... 12 to 15% of what I, and then for this trip, I also brought like a basically empty suitcase because I knew I'd be buying a lot, which I did, but I ended up making, making room for everything on the way back. Although when I was packing, I was like, who inhabited my body and bought all this stuff? I kind I must've blacked out or something. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. I would say if you're going to Italy, or if you're going to Greece, I feel like the same thing applies probably or anywhere in Europe this summer. I feel like do light dresses because it's going to be hot AF. Bring a pair of flat sandals, bring maybe one pair of like sneakers that are cute, like Air Forces or whatever you like, Converse that you can wear with things if you want to like wear them to dinner or lunch, but also be comfortable when you're walking around. But I feel like everyone wears sandals and then a pair of chunky heels if you're going to be going out. But it's super casual. Like people there are in trousers and dresses and very low key. One of our guides was saying like the men care way more about fashion and style in Italy, at least in Rome, than the women do. Like the women are kind of almost like androgynous is what our tour guide was saying and that men are like very into it. So that could be an overgeneralization. But I did notice that like the women were super, super dressed down. Everyone has that kind of like European swag though, where even when they're wearing something super casual, they look great. But when we went out a few nights, we were laughing. We were like singing that opening part of WAP. That's like, there's some hoes in the house because we were like, what are these Tatiana outfits that we're wearing? Literally nobody was dressed up. And then what else? Obviously, SPF for the face and body, super importante. Minimal makeup, like tinted SPF. If you're wearing more than that during the day, you're going to be miserable. And like mascara and a lip. And that's about it. I'm trying to think what else I packed. Somebody asked about essentials for the flight. So definitely makeup wipes if you're going to be wearing makeup. I brought my Elemis cleansing balm to remove makeup because I went straight to the airport after recording two podcasts in the studio, which I had makeup on for, and then like travel things of my skincare. So I had the cleansing balm, I had cleanser, and then I just did moisturizer on the trip. And then maybe like a hand moisturizer, although they also give that to you on the plane. And lots of snacks and toothbrush, which they also will probably give you, and a book. That's kind of it. I I don't really pack anything special for the flight. Okay. Highlight of the trip. Definitely the Vespas in Rome were a highlight. The shopping in Florence. Rome had good shopping too, but Florence, it was just so easily accessible and obviously had my happy place, Luisa Via Roma. I'm going to move there, like move into the store maybe. 
And what else? The Vatican was incredible. So I'll add that in there because, you know, culture. We had dinner at this place in Fasano in Puglia that I forgot to mention called Silve. Tiny place run by this guy, Silvestro, and his mom, who is the chef. So he's at the front of the house, which is teeny tiny. And then his mom, Big Mama, is in the kitchen. And she and he kept bringing out course after course, like probably 15 courses, but they're all pretty small, although the pasta portions were enormous. And it was unbelievable. And the desserts were unbelievable. So if you're going to Puglia, and I posted about this on Instagram too, definitely go to Silve. It was a recommendation that we got from our hotel and a couple of friends that we made at the hotel went the night before us. And they said how amazing it was. So that was definitely, definitely a highlight. And I would say the last dinner as well at Osteria Antica, I think I'm getting the name right, in Florence was also incredible. That seafood pasta, definitely get that if you go there. Trying to think what else. I don't know. The whole trip was incredible. I hope this was helpful for anybody who is going to Italy or is really bored and needed some entertainment and wanted to listen to me ramble about my time there. All right. Love you guys. Bye. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.